Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of the blessings of coming into your presence. Lord, be glorified this morning. Be glorified this morning. This is the day that you have made. Lord, the Bible says that we should rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Lord, for the blessings of today, for the grace of today, for the love of today, for the blessings of entering your presence, Lord, we say be magnified in the precious name of Jesus. We magnify you as the I great I am that I am. We magnify you as Jehovah this morning. We magnify you as the great man of war. We magnify you because you live from everlasting to everlasting. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. As we come into your presence, Lord, to bless you, to exalt your name, to lift up your mighty and glorious name, we ask, Lord, be glorified. We ask that, Lord, as we enter your presence, Lord, you will help us to find you. Help us to hear your voice speaking in our hearts. Help us to understand the word as we read it. But let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in. Joining in to devotion today, I am Morphe Eyedike. We continue our reading, yes, our reading of the book of Jeremiah. It's been so interesting, I'm telling you. Yesterday we stopped on chapter 47 when Jeremiah gave a message, you know, to Philistines, to the Philistines or Philistia. Um, one thing you will notice is that uh, these are the nations that have been like a ton, a ton in the flesh. Yes, a ton in the flesh of Israel of all these years, from the time that Israel started as a nation. You would notice that it is all of those nations that Jeremiah has a message for a prophecy from. So from from the Philistines, you know, down to Moab, to Ammon, you know, and all like that, and all and all like that. Just a clear message from God um, to them. Of course, we had we saw that one also against okay that clear message against Egypt. Okay, so you notice that not just the nations that have been against Israel for a long time, but also the fact that these were the nations that enticed, enticed Israel or encouraged Israel into idolatry. Very important, very important. So today we read, like I said yesterday, we have five chapters to go, um, 48, 49, 50, 51, and 52. Um, but... Uh, our last two chapters is quite long, okay, so I don't expect we'll be able to finish um, the three chapters that we have today, chapters 48, 49, and 50. So somewhere 
in chapter 15 we will stop today in chapter 48 um jeremiah has a message for moab and moab is very unique okay the moabites um has been they've been a unique enemy to israel apart from the fact that you know they were one of the nations the first nation to entice israel okay remember i'm sure you've not forgotten balak balak and balaam okay the one who called you no know, balaam to come and curse israel okay and when it cursed them when they first came out of egypt he was blessing them instead you know and until Balaam told him that look this is how you get you get God to be against them the reason why you can't you can't defeat them is because of God entice them and so the children of Moab women okay go in there entice the children of Israel and lead them to begin to worship this God Chemosh I'm telling you it began then and it has ne it has never stopped okay Israel continued from then you see God addressing it that the sins of your ancestors are the things that you still continue okay so we see that in chapter 48 this message comes to Moab you know to judge it okay uh, for this uh, for this sin the sin of idolatry and then in chapter 49 we see a message for Ammon for Edom for Damascus for Elam okay so very very important message and then somewhere in chapter chapter 50 we will stop it's a message for babylon the babylon one is so important because you will see that that message continues on into the new testament all right get your bible let's read this one together jeremiah chapter 48 this one is a message for moab it says this message was given uh, concerning moab uh, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. What sorrow awaits the city of Nebo? It will soon be in ruins. The city of Kiriathim will be humiliated and captured. The fortress will be humiliated and broken down. No one will ever brag about Moab again. For in Eshbon there is a plot, a plot to destroy her. Come, they say, we will cut her off from being a nation. The town of madmen, hmm, too, will be silenced. The sword I will follow you there. Listen to the cries from Oronim, cries of devastation and great destruction. All Moab is destroyed. Our little ones I will cry out. Our refugees weep bitterly, climbing the slope to Luhit. They cry out in terror, descending the slope to Oronim. Flee for your lives. Hide in the wilderness because you have trusted in your wealth and skill. You will be taken captive. Your god, Chemosh, with his priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant land. Okay, so this god Chemosh usually uh, was worshipped you know, with sex. And so when they have this their worship session, their, their sexual orgies, of course, it was enough to entice men especially. Okay, so as soon as Israel mixed with Moab there, okay, even right from then when they were kept coming out of Egypt, they never recovered as they gave their children their sons to marry you know the daughters of moab and then at uh, the same thing you know 
their, their own daughters also to give their daughters you know to marry to um, the sons of Moab I'm telling you uh, they never recovered okay he said your God Chemosh with his priests and officials will be all of to distant land okay so not just you know um, sexual orgies and, and temple prostitutes and all the likes of course they worship their gods also by offering their children okay as sacrifices human sacrifice one thing God never will never stand for verse 8 says that all the towns will be destroyed and no one will escape either on the plateau or in the valleys for the Lord has spoken oh that Moab had wings so that she could fly away for our towns will be left empty with no one living in them cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work who hold back their swords from shedding blood from his earliest history Moab has lived in peace never going into exile he is like wine that has been allowed to settle he has not been poured he has not been poured from flax to flax and he is now fragrant and smooth but the time is coming soon says the Lord when I will send men to pour him from from his jar they will pour him out then shatter the jar at last Moab will be ashamed of his idol Chemosh as the people of Israel were ashamed of their God the gold calf at Bethel you used to boast we are heroes mighty men of war but now Moab and his town will be destroyed his most promising youths are doomed to slaughter says the king whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies destruction is coming fast for Moab calamity threatens ominously are you friends of Moab weep for him and cry see how the strong scepter is broken how the beautiful staff is shattered come down from your glory and sit in dust you people of Dibon for those who destroy Moab will shatter Dibon too they will tear down all your towers uh, you people of Ara stand beside the road and watch shout to those who flee from Moab what has happened there and the reply comes back, Moab lies in ruins, disgrace, weep and wail. Tell it by the banks of the Anon River. Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has been poured out on the towns of the plateau, on Olon and Jahaz and uh, Mephath, on Dibon and Nebo and Bet-Diblatim, on Kiriathim and Bet-Gamul. And Bethmeon, on Kirioth and Bozra, all the towns of Moab, far and near. The strength of Moab has ended, his harm has been broken, says the Lord. Let him stagger and fall like a drunkard, for he has rebelled against the Lord. Moab will wallow in his own vomit, ridiculed by Hall. Did you not ridicule the people of Israel? Where, where they caught in the company of thieves that you would that you should despise them as you do uh, you people of Moab flee from your towns and live in the caves hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rock 
we have all heard of the pride of Moab, for his pride is very great. We know of his lofty outwin, for his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance, and his haughty heart. I know about his insolence, says the Lord, but his boasts are empty, as empty as his deeds. So now I will for Moab. Yes, I will mourn for Moab. My heart is broken for the men of Ke-Araset. Uh, you people of Sibma, rich in vineyards, I will weep for you even more than I did for Jezza. Uh, your spreading vine once reached as far as the Dead Sea, but the destroyer has stripped you bare. It has harvested your grapes and summer fruits. Joy and gladness are gone from fruitful Moab. The presses yield no wine. No one treads the grape with shouts of joy. There is shouting, yes, but not of joy. Instead, their awful cries of terror can be heard from Eshbon clear across to Elile and Jahaz, from Zohar all the way to Oronim and Eglat Shelish. Shelish, Shelish Shire, even the waters of Nimri are dried up. I will put an end to Moab, says the Lord, for the people offer sacrifices at pagan shrines and burn incense to their false gods. My heart mourns like a flute for Moab and Kiriat Araset, for all their wet has disappeared. The people shave their heads and beards in mourning. They slash their hands and put on clothes made of bullock. There is crying and sorrow in every Moabite's home and on every, on every street. For I have smashed Moab like an old unwanted jar. How it is shattered, hear the wailing, see the shame of Moab. It has become an object of ridicule. An, an example of ruin to all its neighbor. This is what the Lord says. Look, at the enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading its wings over Moab. Its cities will fall, and its strongholds will, will, will be seized. Even the mightiest warrior will, will be in anguish like a woman in labor. Moab will no longer be a nation, for it has boasted against, against the Lord. Terror and traps and snares are, will be your lot. O Moab, says the Lord, those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into a snare. I will see to it that you do not get away, for the time of your judgment has come, says the Lord. The people flee as far as Eshbon, but are unable to go on, for a fire comes from Eshbon, King Sion. King Sion's ancient home to devour the entire land with all its rebellious people. What sorrow awaits you, O people of Moab? The people of the god Chemosh are destroyed. Your sons and your daughters have been taken away as captives, but I will restore the fortunes of Moab in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the end of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Moab. Okay, so we know that this, the plan of God was to bring Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians, okay, 
was to send them literally you know it felt almost like literally you know ex executing his judgment upon the gods of the world at that time okay so every nation as um as nebuchadnezzar marches forth first of all some nations are trying to conquer one another okay to try and garner strength okay so that they will able they will be able to resist him and I think that was how Moab was taken out. Okay, it doesn't really say uh, who, uh, who was going to take it out. But we know that any time that the judgment was going to come through Nebuchadnezzar, okay, God would specifically, would specifically say it. But I think uh, the, the, destruction of, the destruction of Moab was going to come from, from the Ammonites, from the, from the people of Ammon. We will read... We will read their accounts shortly because their own judgment came and God sends their own punishment. But remember, God was doing this to judge the idols of the world at that time. Apart from the sins of leading the children of Israel, you know, to now have established idolatry as a culture. It had become a culture for the children of Israel. They no longer remembered God. And that was why God sent them into exile. So as God sent his own people into exile to punish them, to discipline them, okay, he does the same, okay, to those who led them astray, okay? So we read the accounts, chapter 48. Let's move on to chapter chapter 40, chapter 49. Yes, this one is a message for Ammon, for Edom, for Damascus. Remember that Damascus is the capital was the capital of um, of Syria at that time. He says uh, this message was given uh, concerning the Ammonites. This is what the Lord says. Are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of God? Why are you who worship Molech living in his town? I'm telling you, the most terrible gods of all the idols that they worship was Molech. Hmm. He especially demanded the firstborn. Yes, every Israel family who worship Molech offers their firstborn as human sacrifice. It is standard. Okay, so just imagine that. You know that every single family, your firstborn child is offered, <laughs> is offered to Molech. You know, just like the Egyptians used to offer their firstborn, you know, when God sent Moses to judge Egypt, the same thing, you know, uh, God had to judge the gods of Egypt by taking their, first, their firstborn. And it was a symbolic statement because those firstborns were dedicated to those gods. So at the right time, they could offer them as human sacrifices. Okay, so God takes what should be the price of those gods, takes it from, the, from them, and then judge the gods of Egypt. The same thing is happening right here. Okay, so for the Ammonites, they had even entered into the territory of Israel and are taking it. It says that are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of God? Why are you who worship Molech living in his town? In the days to come, says the Lord, I will sound the battle cry against your city of Rabbah. It will become a desolate heap of ruins, and the neighboring towns will be burned. Then Israel will take back the land you took from, from her, says the Lord. Cry out, O Heshbon. Okay? So remember, so it's either the destruction came to the Moabites 
and as they were trying to escape into Eshbon, it says that you know uh, they they could not get past Eshbon because even here they were destroyed. So most likely, the the Ammonite took an advantage. Okay, just let us even wipe out Moab finally, finally. Mm -hmm. But it says that cry out, O Eshbon. So they are the Eshbon from the towns of Ai. Is for the for the towns of Ai is destroyed. Weep, O people of Rabbah. Put on your clothes of mourning. Weep and wail, hiding in the edges. For your God, Molech, with his priest and official, will be ordered off to distant land. So you notice that particular statement is common to the two people. Their God, his priests and officials will be ordered off to distant land. It says you are proud of your fertile valleys, uh, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, your rebellious, uh, your rebellious daughters, and taught no one, are uh, you rebellious daughter, and taught no one could ever harm you. But look, I will bring terror upon you, says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. Your neighbors will chase you from your land, and no one will help your exiles as they flee. But I will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay, so again, the Moabites or Moab is, is destroyed. Their exiles are running or their refugees are running. They get to Eshbon. It says they will not go past there. Okay, they, the Ammonites will try to destroy to destroy them. And then when the Ammonites are they themselves experiencing their own their own judgment. It says your neighbor will chase you from your land, and no one will help your exiles as they flee. Okay, but it says for even for both nations that he will still restore them. He will still restore them. Yes, all these nations are still standing today. It says I, the Lord, have spoken. Now the next this one is a message for Edom. Remember, Edom is quite particular. Edom is Mount Seir, okay? So when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, God refused them to, to fight against Edom, refused them to have anything to do with them because they are descendants of Esau, Why the Israelites were the descendants of Jacob, okay? So these were like their brothers. But of course, read the accounts that Edom would eventually deal with the nation would deal with the nation of Israel. Let's read on verse 7 says this message was given concerning Edom. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Is there no wisdom in Timan? Is no one left to give wise counsel? Turn and flee, hide in deep caves, you people of Dedan. For when I bring disaster on Edom, I will punish you too. Those who harvest grapes always leaves a few for the poor. If thieves came at night, they would not take everything. But I will strip bare the land of Edom, and there will be no place left to hide. Its children, its brothers, and its neighbor will all be destroyed, and Edom itself I will be no more. But I will protect the orphan who remain among you. Your widows, too, can depend on me for help. And this is what the Lord says. If the innocent must suffer, how much more must you? You will not go unpunished. You must drink this cup of judgment. For I have sworn by my own name, says the Lord, that Bosra will 
become an object of horror and a heap of ruins. It will be mocked and discursed. All its towns and villages will be desolate forever. I have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to say, Form a coalition against Edom and prepare for battle. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be despised by all. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. You live in rock fortresses and control the mountain heights. But even if you make your nest among the peaks with, with the eagles, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Edom will be an object of horror. All who pass by will be appalled and will gasp at the destruction they see there. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring town, says the Lord. No one will live there. No one will in- inhabit it. I will come like a lion from the ticket of the Jordan, leaping on the sheep in the pasture. I will chase Edom from its land, and I will appoint the leader of my choice. For who is like me, and who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Listen to the Lord's plan against Edom and the people of Timan. Even the little children will be dragged off like sheep, and their homes will be destroyed. The earth will shake with the noise of Edom's fall, and its cry of despair will be heard all the way to the Red Sea. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle spreading its wing over Bosra. Even the mightiest warrior will be in anguish like a woman in labor. Alright, so this one, that was the judgment against Edom. Next, we see the judgment against Damascus, and this one is very, very important. Remember that Damascus was where the children of Israel, Israel are divided into two, two nations. You had Israel and then you had Judah, okay? So we know that when Nebuchadnezzar came, it was Judah that he carried off into exile. Before then, more than a hundred years plus, about 150, 160 years, Israel had been carried off to exile themselves, okay? So they were carried off to, into exile by the Assyrians, which is the capital of Damascus, okay? So here we will see judgment against the Assyrians, against Damascus, because Nebuchadnezzar will have overcome them and then carry Israel itself to go and you know, to carry them off to exile. So at a point, Israel and Judah will be in exile together in Babylon. It says, this message was given concerning Damascus. This is what the Lord says. The towns of Amat and Apad are struck with fear, for they have heard the news of their destruction. Their hearts are troubled like a wild sea, a wild sea in a, in a raging storm. Damascus has become feeble, and all our people turn to flee. Fear, anguish, and pain have gripped her as they grip a woman in labor. That famous city, a city of joy, will be forsaken. Our young men will fall in the street and die. Our soldiers will all be killed, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I will set fires to the walls of Damascus that will, that will, burn, that will burn up the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad. Alright, so we know that eventually 
okay nebuchadnezzar will like dominate the whole world okay it was practically a superpower a world power during his own time but even he okay when another nation kingdom will rise up the kingdom of Persia will rise up they will be able to overcome them we'll see the lessons when we are reading the book of revelation all of this is explained there all right let's finish this one um, chapter 28 this one is a message for Kedar and Azor this message was given concerning Kedar and the kingdom of Azor which were attacked by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon this is what the Lord says advance against Kedar destroy uh, the warriors from the east their flocks and tents will be captured and their household goods and camels will be taken away everywhere shouts of panic will be heard we are terrorized at every turn run for your lives says the lord hide yourself in deep caves the people of azor for king nebuchadnezzar of babylon has plotted against you and is preparing to destroy you go up and attack that complacent nation says the lord its people live alone in the desert without walls or gates their camels and other livestock will all will all uh, be yours i will scatter to the wind these people i will live in remote places i will bring calamity upon them hmm. uh, from every direction says the lord says the lord azor will be inhabited by jackals and it will be desolate forever no one will live there no one will inhabit it all right then lastly uh, this one is a message for elam it says this message concerning elam came to the prophet jeremiah from the lord at the beginning of the reign of king zedekiah of judah so the beginning of the reign of king, Ze king zedekiah of judah was long before nebuchadnezzar comes you know to uh, to capture the land this is what the lord of heaven's army says i will destroy the archers of elam the best of their forces i will destroy enemies from all directions and i will scatter the people of elam to the four winds and they they will be exiled to countries around the world i myself will go with elam's enemies to shatter it in my fierce anger i will bring great disaster upon the people of elam says the lord their enemies will chase them with the sword until i have destroyed them completely i will set my throne in elam says the the lord and i will destroy its kings its king and officials but i will restore the fortunes of elam in days to come i the lord have spoken amen all right let's move on to chapter 50 so we see so you will notice there that everyone i the lord will restore okay so god's intention is not the destruction of the nation god's intention is the repentance of the nations is for the nations to turn back to god to turn away from their idolatry yes that that is god's intention to cause the nation literally you know the nations to literally experience a rebirth uh, that was god's intention all right let's read our final chapter for today like i said we will not be able to finish chapter 50 today so we'll stop we'll stop somewhere and then continue chapter 50 51 and 52 tomorrow chapter 50 this one is a message about babylon and this is very a very crucial crucial message remember that the babylonians are the ones that god is using to execute majority of the judgments okay led by king nebuchadnezzar 
but even they themselves would then be judged. But Babylon did not just stand for the kingdom at that time, okay, King Nebuchadnezzar. When you read the accounts that Daniel will eventually see, when you read the explanation in the book of, of, of in the book of Revelation, you will know that Babylon did not just stand although for this nation. Babylon will stand for a system, okay, a system of idolatry that stands against God. Babylon will stand will, stands for like um, the kingdom. Of this world that the devil okay has charge over so when he's prophesying the end of Babylon here you have to be careful that is he talking about the end of Nebuchadnezzar's reign because of course there are kings who continue to reign after Nebuchadnezzar before the next empire comes okay before Persia comes, me the Medes and the Persians come Okay, but this prophecy applies to both the physical one that Nebuchadnezzar reigned over and the spiritual, okay, entity that Babylon was going to become. It says, the Lord gave Jeremiah the prophet this message concerning Babylon and the land of the Babylonians. This is what the Lord says, tell the whole world and keep nothing back. Raise a signal flag to tell everyone that Babylon will fall. Yes, this same Babylon that was overcoming everybody. Our images and idols will be shattered. Our, our gods, Bel and Madoc, will be utterly disgraced. For a nation will attack her from the north and bring such destruction that no one will live there again. Everything will be gone. Both people and animals will flee. Who would believe it? I'm telling you, no one would believe that Babylon will, be, will eventually be destroyed themselves because they were a world power, a superpower. So he prophesies on about the hope of Israel and Judah. In those coming days, says the Lord, the people of Israel will return home. Remember, Israel was carried from Assyria you know, to, to Babylon to, you know, um, before Judah is brought there. The people of Israel will return home together with the people of Judah. They will uh, come weeping, seeking the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Jerusalem and will start back home again. They will bind themselves to the Lord with an eternal covenant, covenant that will never, that will never be forgotten. My people have been lost. They have been lost sheep. Their shepherd have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountain. They have lost their way and can't remember how to get back out to the sheepfold. All who found them devoured them. Their enemies said, We did nothing wrong in attacking them, for they sinned against the Lord, their place of rest, and the hope of their ancestors. But now flee from Babylon. Leave the land of the Babylonians like male goats at the head of the flock. Lead my people home, for I am raising up an army of great nations from the north. They will join forces to attack Babylon, and she will be captured. The enemy's arrows will go straight to the mark. They will not miss. Babylonia will be looted until the attackers are gloated with, with loot. I, the Lord, have spoken. Alright, so very important message. Let's stop here today. So this one talks about the fall of Babylon. I hope we can complete this tomorrow. Uh, but however it goes, um, 
we thank God. Can we just begin to bless God for, for the reading of today? So we've learned God brings judgment upon the idols of the world. I don't know. I think it's just important that we remember that we must keep our focus on God and not serve idols. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for keeping us close to your heart. Thank you for helping us so that we know you. Father, as we come into your presence today, Lord, and as we go out with your presence, Lord, help us to be established in your will. Help us to keep you close to our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.